Hey, this Realm of the Mist podcast is brought to you proudly by the Nurses Guild. Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Fristali. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, if you've watched the last episode, you saw that I sat down with two of the uh, uh, major players in the Nurses Guild, one of our brand new proud sponsors of Realm of the Mist Entertainment and all the podcasts therein. Now I get to sit down with the other founder and CEO of the Nurses Guild, also a Vietnam veteran. So absolutely, again, I will uh, repeat what I said to you earlier. Thank you very, very much for your service, Mr. Kevin Phillips. Kevin, how are you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm fine. Very happy to be here. Excellent. Well, again, I, 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 I want to start this off the best way that I can is what got you involved with uh, nursing and the Nurses Guild? Was it something you did in Vietnam? Were you uh, kind of a, for, for lack of a better term here, a corpsman? And I was a surgical nurse. Okay. And I learned that my hands were good enough to do that. But I, of course, didn't have the education or certification to do it. Once I got out of the military. I'm sorry, sir. Could you speak a little more into the mic? I'm kind of losing you. I left the military. I went to hospitals. Six months prior, I was running an emergency room in, in Germany. I was able to suture patients. I, I put in chest tubes, all these things. And once I got out, was not recognized at all. Um, I went to college originally and go to med school. And in my fourth year, 3.7 GPA, I would have gotten into med school. I realized I did not want to lose that. <coughs> Docs spend maybe two minutes bedside. The nurse is there for 12 hours. Right. The nurses are the ones that actually they don't make the decision of, on the diagnosis of what we contribute to it. But we're the ones that deliver almost all the health care in this country. comes through a nurse. So I ended up with a nursing degree and I gravitated to ERs. I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie, like the excitement. Um, trauma teams on um, penetrating trauma is probably my specialty. Coming from the Vietnam era, very common in Philadelphia. Where and I worked ER, and then um, I started working in ICUs to pick up extra money. Okay. I would work 12-hour shifts, seven days a week. I would do that for months on. 
that had to be exhausting, both physically and emotionally. That had to be exhausting. Anything that had to be moved, they asked. And of course, I didn't think twice about doing this. It was the polite thing to do. I was smaller than the nurse next to me. What happened is about my back. Vertebrae got out of not stand on my feet for an hour. This was in the early 90s. Okay. By the time this happened. So I went into home health. In home health, there's no stretchers to push, nobody to lift. It's just one-on-one health care. And I fell in love. First time in my career, I could really do true nursing. Not just the first two on their list, but all through their list. It's very rewarding. Then in 2004, I believe it was, Medicare started sending to patients an explanation of benefits. And I got to see what was being charged to Medicare for the care I was delivering. I did some quick math and figured out about 15 cents on the dollar was getting to the patient in the form of care. 85% of the money was being, being eaten up by non-clinical profit Jesus. In Florida at that time, pretty much anybody could apply for a Medicare home health license. I went through the process for two and a half years and I became licensed. I was able to increase that 15, 15 cents on the dollar up to 60 cents. Excellent. I couldn't get above 60. All the regulatory stuff, the regulatory burden on home health companies is unbelievable. I'll give you an example. As an ER nurse, I admitted a lot of people in the hospital. I needed a doctor's order, the patient's signature as permission to treat. And that was it. That's all I needed to admit someone to the hospital. Okay. I want to admit someone for a stub toe in the home health. I have to do 60 pages of documentation. Including 18 separate signatures. It is impenetrable. This is blocking healthcare. This has got me so angry at this point where I, I'm running a home health company. Right. 50% of the patient's benefit. It's spent on assuring Medicare that they're not being ripped off. That's ridiculous. Back in 2005, Medicare uh, announced that they had spent a billion dollars caring for diabetics in the home health setting. And 90% of that money went to one county. Into Dade County. It was all fraud. The crooks picked on diabetics because they were the highest reimbursement in, in home health. Medicare's response to that was, okay, we're not going to take care of diabetics anymore. That's what they did. They cut the benefit to where if I send a nurse to give insulin to a patient who can't give it to themselves, I pay that person less than I pay the guy who takes care of my feet. 
that as as a person who grew up with a with a grandfather who battled diabetes and had uh, now a, a father-in-law who battles diabetes that that absolutely disgusts me that medicare would do that Nine care in the home health center. The need doesn't go away. The need for that care just builds up until it's a hospitalization. One day in the hospital costs more than a year of home health. I had a heart attack 15 years ago. I spent 18 hours in the hospital. That bill was $93,000. Oh my God. That's not unusual. You ask around. One day in the hospital, how much did they get charged? It could be anywhere between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I'm I'm well aware of like the uh, the hike prices of uh of uh like emergency rooms and hospitalizations. I mean, I remember getting charged eighteen dollars for two aspirin. That's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> We're spending on by trying to save money on home health. Right. You're causing more hospitalizations. Here's another example. Psychiatric patients that have a disease severe, severe enough that the federal government says this person's unemployable. Put them on SSSI, supplemental With that, they get medicine. For the last few years, they've been sending nurses either once a week or once a month to give an injection an anti long acting anti Use the injections. Patients have, these particular patients have a history of non-compliance taking their pills. They don't take their medication. They, the condition gets exacerbated. They end up hospitalized. Right. By having a nurse visit them once a week or once a month, depending on the dosage, we were preventing those hospitals. Medicare doesn't want to pay for that. So look, what's going to happen? People are going to have to go back to the to be non-compliant. Most of them can't even afford to buy the pills. And they're going to hospitalize over and over. But with good home health resources, patients stable, allow them to live their normal life. It is so frustrating that I want to scream. I get that. I definitely get that. So this, this was kind of the foundation that made you want to uh, go forward into opening your own home care bi uh, business within the Nurses Guild to be able to provide these services uh, at a better cost of rate, I, I, for lack of a better term here, than what's typically offered through the Medicare or Medicaid insurances? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get my, care, my patients the care they need. Right. Not the care Medicare says they need. Here they actually need. And it's always been that. Um, there have always been too many profit takers between the patient's benefit and the best. There should not there should not be a line of people making profit off of this person's illness. Right. Right in my head. As a nurse, you're charged to be an advocate for your patient. And I take that very seriously. I fight for it. Try to get them. Last year, my uh, the nurses' guild 
it's 30% more business than other companies our size, according to Medicare statistics. Wow. Medicare didn't reward us for that. They chastised us. They don't want us giving 30% more care. They chastised us and financially penalized us. It does not make any sense. And for the same benefit that my neighbor, that a competitor got. Oh, let me restate this. Yeah. Reimbursement for a cycle for a, a patient is average patient for a 60 day home health certification. It's about $2,000. For that same $2,000, I did 30% more business than my competitor. The same dollar. Right. Because if my company can cut out the profit, I don't have a legion of vice presidents. I'm the founder and director, but I also we are more a guild than a company. Okay. We are a collection of professional home health nurses interested in giving their patients maximum care. That's I, I could definitely understand your frustration on it. Uh, being a person who wants to is more interested in the actual care in home care and health care. And, and battling with uh, with the greedy corporate types of, of like, you know, mainstay health insurances, which are mad at you for doing 30% more bi uh, uh, patients for the same amount of money as, a, as the next guy, simply because you're picking the pockets of Medicare, if you will. The reason they're mad is because they're getting 30% less profit than they think they deserve. We didn't, we didn't charge Medicare 30% more. This was a fixed rate. Right. For each diagnosis when we admit we get a fixed rate for a certain period of time of care. Now in January, Medicare came out with a new payment system. They haven't changed the payment system in over 30 or 60 years. They changed it in 2020. PDGM, Patient Driven Group. Anybody with a chronic diagnosis can share. If I put in a wound care patient, there is five diagnoses. Have one. Have one will be the wound. If I enter, say, Parkinson's under that wound, the reimbursement for the wound goes down. Does that make any sense? You normally tell, say, all right, this guy, patient has a wound, but they have also have XYZ diagnosis that will affect how well that wound does. That's why we state it that way. But when we put in a chronic diagnosis, Medicare benefit does not make any sense. No, it doesn't. Chronic diagnosis is complicated, the current diagnosis. I always have. Now, a few weeks ago, stewing in this anger, I realized that PBGM is the first Republican healthcare plan that's ever been put out. The very first one. Okay. And it penalizes chronic 
chronic diagnosis. Chronic diagnosis otherwise be termed a pre-existing condition. The president of our country has been jumping up and down saying he will protect pre-existing condition. This is how he does it. It, it just, it doesn't make any, it doesn't compute to a, into a caregiver's head that banning a chronic diagnosis increases money available to treat the chronic problem. So what will happen with these that aren't getting the support, they're not getting the physical therapy, not getting the occupational therapy or speech therapy or nursing that they need. The need does not go away because we change the records. So now these people, their only, their only option really need nursing care is to go into a nursing home, which is right now probably the most dangerous place in the planet for someone over 65 to go is a nursing home. With the yeah. virus and all, yeah. Families put between a rock and a hard place. I've had two RN coordinators. These are RNs that talk to the families on the phone and, and the, the, the field nurses. They have quit their jobs years because they could not take telling these families, no. Families were getting angry and blaming us because we couldn't provide the care that we provided. Oh. It just couldn't, the nurses couldn't take the abuse. This is not what, one of them said, this is not why I became a nurse. Quit. I'm sure this experience is being repeated across the country in almost every home health. Right. When, when Medicare changes the regs, there's an interruption in terms of people learn the new payment system. We, we were used to getting paid seven days after the day. That went up above 30. The only companies that can survive 30 day interruption are the national Having home health delivered by a national chain means that 20% of that benefit is going to the stockholders, not to the Plus paying for the corporate stru structure of that national chain. Most efficient home health delivery comes from a mom and pop locally owned and operated. As soon as I trust, as soon as no, I, I get that completely, especially uh, from the fact I've always been personally always been a, an advocate for, for mom and pop shops on anything uh, from from like you're saying with the healthcare system all the way down to, you know, your local grocery market. I'd rather see see, uh, you know, small businesses and, and uh, uh, family owned businesses get the attention more than the corporate conglomerate. can respond much quicker, much more efficiently. Because we, we have more money to spend on the patient because we're not paying stockholders. Right. The money that goes to the stockholders, I can bring bedside. 
these national chains have historically had trouble competing with mom and pops because we are more but Medicare seems to be Center for Medicare Studies is, is the chief of Medicare. Each one of their programs seems designed for a national chain, not the mom and pop. So they're trying to foster the growth of the most inefficient way to deliver health care in the home setting over the efficient. Again, they penalize me for giving 30% more care on the same dollar. They should have jumped up and down and said, how can we repeat this across the country? But no, they'd rather try to kill us off. And the mom and pops in home health truly feel that Medicare is out to put us out. There's well, a new pro they're going to they're institute a new program November 1st. Okay. Think about this. If I am referred a patient, I have to go see that patient, fill out that six pages of all that done, get a progress note. Then I put input it into the RCDs to see if I'm going to get paid. They can deny the whole case. But I've spent $500 already on this patient, but I can't recover. Right. What other business has to go through something like that? You do all this work on, on behalf of the patient and then present it and just deny it. It sounds bad, but it gets even worse. Say this patient was a diabetic. I've been caring for that diabetic for the last five years. If I put in an in a admission they turn down. They then want to see the very first And if they disapprove of the very first admission, they are going to charge us for five years of care by disallowing the first admission. They they want a refund for everything they spent on the five years. What? I'm. I'm serious. This is the environment we are functioning. They are squeezing us to death. Right now, I have to spend 50 cents on the patient of the patient dollar on reassuring Medicare that I'm not stealing from them. What Medicare did when they discovered home health fraud was increase the paperwork. Give us more documents to do. It's all anti-fraud paper. Right. People that commit fraud are good at paperwork. They're not distracted by patients. They sit at a computer and fill out the paper. So they've actually increased fraud in their anti-fraud. We invented an electronic way to eliminate home health. It's an app on your phone. Okay. Facial recognition where I could say this professional was at this place at this time. This is uses the clock and, and the GPS in the phone. So I can certify this patient was with this nurse at this time, this place. This place is very important at home, home health because the patient is required to be home. Now. 
anything other than their home address will be disallowed. Right. Now the commit, if we use that on every visit, it takes about 60 seconds. If we use that on every visit, email fraud would be impossible because you'd have to go to each patient's house in order to make that commitment. I can't certify that it's impossible, but it is very expensive to commit home health if we use an electronic way of decreasing fraud rather than the paper. We offer this studies free of charge. It's patented technology. We offered it to them. Please use this and decrease the paperwork. They didn't take it. They said no. This is a thing called visit law, invented by nurses to prevent home health fraud. They offered it to me with no charge, and they were not interested. Jeez. Instead, they gave us PDGM and RCD. These are all anti-fraud efforts, but they're penalizing the patient who has committed no fraud. We have, on top of everything else, we have what they call a behavioral adjustment of 4 or 5%. We have to give back to Medicare because of home health fraud. We've committed no fraud. We've got to pay for someone else's fraud. It's ridiculous. The system is just insane. It seriously makes no sense. It does not make any sense. It really doesn't. The Medicare benefit that we all paid all our lives to have when we're 65 is being squeezed out of existence. I'm 66. I paid for this stuff every year in my paycheck. I paid for this policy to protect me when I'm over 65. But now politicians are in charge of our health. PDGM is the first Republican health care plan, and it screws people with pre existing. I've written that up. I've sent it to CNN, MSNBC, my congressman, to my senator. No one says a word about it. But this is the first true health care plan out by the Republicans. Seema Vima is in charge of the Center for Medicare Studies. Worked with Mike Pence for years. She's an affiliate of Mike Pence. She gave us PDGM. And it is screwed to Republicans principles and it's uh in your opinion it's a lot better service than say obamacare medicare is, is is probably better than just about any other insurance product okay it is more efficiently run its overhead i think is compared to uh, a national insurance company Medicare is the best policy and remains so, but it is for our eyes at the cost of people's health. I've got 25 diabetics on my road. Most of them live alone, have some form of dementia that uh -huh. prevents them from being able to grow insulin. 
Now they have to be institutionalized. Only to get a shot, incidentally. That's this, is what we have, this is what we have to look forward to. When we... That is demoralizing. I'm at the end of my career and I feel so defeated. Some wonderful things happened in my tenure in, in, in healthcare. We now can fix heart attacks. We're not sitting in the ER and just freeze pain and watch them die. Now we can reverse clock, fix a heart attack. We can fix strokes now as they're happening. We used to just have to witness. Those are wonderful things that can happen. Right. But in health, home health, what it but unfortunately, these miracles, these, these happy events and breakthroughs in medical technology get undermined by the uh, corporate fat cat that's only interested in seeing the dollar signs for the, 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 the cure. As, as I've always stated, I've always stated that the government has the cure for the common cold. There's just no money in releasing it. I understand that. People with chronic illnesses. It's hard to get to age 65 without at least one diagnosis. I had a point and I lost it back to that. Um, it's just demoralizing. It is. I, I can give a patient now about 50% of what I can do. But again, that's why you started the Nurses Guild. Uh, to be able to change it, at least for your 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 clientele and your own sanity, to be able to say, I'm going to prove that this can work without needing all the crap that everybody's waded through years beforehand, correct? Yes. That's exactly what the Nurses Guild stands for. We came up with an electronic method that people know that Medicare would rather do And think about this. Those 60 pages of document, someone in Medicare has to read that. Right. The Medicare staff has expanded incredibly. Actually, they don't use staff, they subcontract it out. Oh. Here's another thing they do. They, put, they hire subcontractors to look at our medical records to see if there's something they can charge back on us. So, after we do the care, someone's coming behind us to try to pull the rug out from underneath us. We're not only getting hit up front by Medicare, but on the back end, they have people who have a profit motive to disallow the care. Oh my God. I, I can't even imagine how you go home at night you know, um, being an entertainer myself, you know, as a musician, as a professional wrestler, of course, I've had my bad days or my sore days where I come home at night and I wonder if it's all worse. But I, I can't imagine daily you have to, you know, be crawling into bed saying, what have I gotten myself into just with all the obstacles you have to face? I was watching that pro wrestling match that called the debate last night. Okay. And heard our president's once again, saying he will protect pre-existing conditions while, while his new plan screws them over. Everybody says Trump doesn't have a health care plan. He does. It's called PDGM. 
and it screws over anybody with a pre-existing so you got a plan it's just not a good one yeah no it's not it's not patient centered whoever developed this i doubt has ever been bedside with a patient one of the things that the nurses guild did in, when we first started we doubled the pay for home health Home health aid goes to a stranger's house and has to shower grandmother or grandpa in their home. Right. They were paying people $10 in 2006. $10. We made it 25 The rest of the industry had to follow us. That's one thing I can point in where I've accomplished. I followed it with an orderly. And the whole time I was growing up. We had eight kids, worked three to 11, one hospital on a med surge floor. Then we worked 12 to eight at Pilgrim State Hospital in New York. Participant patient. Worked 16 hours a day. Was eight kids. In the mid 60s, we became unionized. 1099 came into existence. They doubled this. For the first time in my family's life, we took a vacation. What's that like? I've never taken a vacation. <laughs> uh, we went to Lake Champlain and uh, like an ocean, but it was a lake. Not nice. That was the first vacation my First and only vacation the family ever took. And it was because of the 1099. I used to be a member when I was um, an undergraduate. I would work, go to school from 8 to 2, and then work 3 to 11 in the ER. And that, that was a union. And it, it was paid well enough that I could pay for my college. I did not end up with any college loans. I paid it out of what I earned on the Now, it was hard to be awake and a good student the next morning when you had a little pension. But I was young and I could pay for it. That's how I got through nursing through the undergraduate. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin. Um... Just listening to the story uh, again, uh, and I know I'm having you back on Friday uh, to, to discuss more about Veterans Affairs and, and, uh, and the VA and working with the Nurses Guild and all. Uh, but just the story you're telling me is absolutely incredible. Like, you, I absolutely want to stand up and applaud you for just the perseverance and patience that has to be involved with everything you're dealing with within the healthcare system getting started as you were telling me before off air about, you know, uh, coming up in a world after Vietnam where, you know, the country, you couldn't even apply for a job with, uh, with checking veteran because you were treated like you were uh, a mutant for, for lack of better term. Like there, there has been a battle and a half. And from the end of it, all I get from you is that you don't do it for the money or the struggle. You do it for the patients and being somebody who can advocate for what they need more than what some 
corporation thinks they need to pad their bottom line. And that, that that's absolutely something I have to applaud. And I don't say that simply because, you know, your company sponsors my podcast. I say that from the bottom of my heart because that is something that I think people need to inspire to. Uh, you know, all these people out there nowadays, I don't care what side of the aisle they sit on politically or religiously or whatever else. We all say we want to make this world a better place. We all say we need this world to be a better place. You, sir, are a person who's actually attempting to make the world a better place, and that is absolutely commendable. Thank you for that comment. I think a lot of this I used to, in my 20s, if there was an old guy in his terminal, I thought he was going to be talk to him. I learned a lot. And more about tell you the truth. Tell you what matters. Talk about the people they love, the events they see, and what effect they on others. But we can talk about it. Don't talk about it. <coughs> Life is about our relationship. I take my charge to be an advocate for my patient very seriously. Fight as if I'm fighting for myself. You don't make great profits. Probably won't make a profit at all. That's right. Okay. We're not here to make profit. We're here to take care of patients. And that you're not taking care of a And that is absolutely outstanding. And that's why I, I proudly will say again that, that you know, uh, we are proudly sponsored by the Nurses Guild. And quite honestly, I'll, I'll support you guys long past our contract because I believe in the product that you're giving. Again, this is not something that's on a script that was sent to me or anything else. I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart. I believe in this service. I believe after after talking with your wife and and, and Gretchen earlier today, uh, <laughs> and they, they oh, breaking down the services a little bit more, a little bit more to me. I absolutely believe in what you guys are doing, and I'm thrilled to be somebody that can actually sing your praises. I've been screaming about PDGM for ten months now, jumping up and down, trying to get the world to notice. How stupid it is financially. You deny chronic care in the home setting, you're going to have to supply it in the hospital 10 times more than the home health. $90,000 is three years of home health care. Right. And you could spend that one day in the hospital. Chronic conditions. American medicine does not cure things. You don't cure diseases. You make them chronic. Where you're dependent on a pill. That pharma came up with. You don't cure diseases. We make them chronic. So we all have pre-existing conditions that we are promised are going to be protected as they're stabbing you in the back. Why are we buying this? 
this Medicare is ours, all of ours. He paid for it. He built it. It's supposed to take care of us. Just like Social Security. But we've lost control of it. Yeah. So this plan to, to not do the payroll tax that, that the president came up with, starve Social Security and Medicare. They, I believe the Republicans want to privatize so someone can make a profit. There's enough profit takers there already. You strip them away, you can increase care. We demonstrated that very loudly. Eliminate the profit takers. Put the patient at the center of what you're doing. You can give more care per dollar than a corporate loan. So we're just going in the wrong way. We should be increasing home health. Home health prevents hospitalization. No one wants to be hospitalized. Right. No, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I'm, you know, thinking about it, it's like as far as like corporations are concerned. Now, understand, and I usually stay away from politics on the show just because I don't like to to uh, alienate some of my listeners. Right, but that's where I was going. Is like I, I, I'm a person who identifies as. A conservative. Most of my views belong more towards the conservative Republican style, uh, mindsets. That being said, the one thing that I've always battled with is like, is the privatization of of services like Medicare, like uh, health services, because of the fact of the matter is, like you were saying before, there's profit to be made, and I agree. But that that should be corporations that deal with retail and and and. The music industry and all that—that's that's where profit can be made. When we're talking about humans' health and safety, there should be no margin of profit outside of paying for services due. In other words, like the way I describe it, I don't—I don't particularly care for the Medicare for all ideal because it, it's pretty much taking a doctor who may pay to, you know, get paid too much money, you know, in, in the eyes of somebody in, in the world, you know, and making them and making them provide their services damn near for free just because everybody deserves care. Yes, you're right. Everybody deserves care, but there has to be some sort of, re, uh, you know, what's that? Medicare for all really means health care. No one disagrees with that. Right. I, I absolutely agree. Everybody should have some form of health care. Everybody should have some sort of cover. And everybody should be able to receive services for their health, regardless of their social status, their pre-existing uh, pre conditions, their, their annual income, whatever, whatever denomination they want to throw in there is irrelevant. If somebody needs help, you help them. Yeah. <laughs> you can just watch Dr. Fauci trying to do his job. Right. And being interfered with. Politics does not belong in health. We never Agreed. ask what party we belong to. They ask what insurance company they have. Absolutely, they force us to do that. The first 
10 years of my nursing. We never asked about what health insurance was. I worked in an ER. We took all comers, inner city ER. It wasn't until about 1990 that health insurance question became the first or second question you were asking. That happened after Reagan. Okay. Another story. I remember them closing the mental institutions in 1988. Ronald Reagan. Never dumped our patients, our intractable patients, onto every street corner in the, in the city. That's when I learned that politicians Oh, see, I, I for the right reasons. If it's profit driven, healthcare should be not for profit, but cost Take the profit incentive away from hospitals and pharmacies. We get much better care. That's that. I absolutely agree with that. Is uh, any profits made from from healthcare, you know, or health services provided should go back into services to make sure they're able to continue to provide the best care possible. I absolutely one hundred twenty thousand percent agree with that. If we could expand home health care, I can do more bedside at home than I used to be able to do bedside in New York. I can do lab work at home. I can do x-rays at home. I can do an EKG at home. I can do a ventilator at home. Back in the 90s, uh, I took care of the wife of a man who uh, founded a super rich guy. Okay. For a year, I ran an for his ex-wife. Ventilator dependent. They were giving of the very pressure drugs, blood pressure up. Very technical on how you do it. Milligrams per kilogram. Um, all of this was done at home in the 90s. We can do so much more now. I envision a future where hospitals have no med surge floor, that they're just ICUs. Okay. And not be delivered at home. But care is can be delivered at home if the patient is wise enough to demand it. But they don't know it's possible. They don't ask for it. Well, I know I know we're mainly talking about like uh, what the types of services like the uh, like the nurses guild provide. But I'm kind of curious when you say like services can be provided at home. Are we talking about like also returning to the days of doctors making house calls? I work with a doctor whose whole practice is house calls. In fact, that's the name of his company, house calls. Okay. Board certified internist. And he does house calls here in Broward County. That's his whole practice. He's the only one. It was the only one. I think that's, I think that's absolutely outstanding. Uh, he doesn't make a profit. 
his company doesn't make a profit, they break even. And they're happy with it. I imagine like profit. Okay. Every, everybody, everybody wants money. Of course we do. But at the end of the day, I got to imagine it's more rewarding what you do, what your friend, you know, what the house calls does. I got to imagine that feels more rewarding because you're providing your services, making life easier on the people that are ill or struggling and, and just generally putting a smile on their face. I got to imagine that's way more rewarding than seeing at the end of the month that you made, a thousand dollars more than you made the month before. She used to visit this one old lady once a week. And I forget what service I was doing. But that was the only she She lived alone in an apartment looking over the ocean. I had no family, no friends. I was the only one I ever knocked on the door. That's how important we become as patients. I have found in home health, patients are more loyal to the nurse than the doctor or hospital. Because the nurse is bedside with them, seeing what they're experiencing, trying to alleviate their pain. So we found patients are more loyal to us than, than they'll change their doctor to keep their nurse. They won't change their nurse to keep their doctor. Oh, absolutely. Nurses, orderlies, uh, they're really the unsung heroes of, of healthcare. I, I mean, I know we all look to the doctor because they got the medical, medical degree, but they're not the ones that are, like you said, they're not the ones holding the hands of, the, of those dying. When you look at medical TV shows, right. you see four or five docs clowning around a bed, moving the stretchers and taking them up for x-ray, they're doing all this. Nurses' job. That's what nurses do. But they put TV makes it doctors. Doctors will come to a bedside maybe for two minutes a day at your hospital. Check on you. How you doing? All the signs look good. Okay. Boom. He's gone. The other 23 and 58 minutes, 23 hours and 58 minutes, is provided by a nurse. We are the delivery mechanism. And we are way neglected. Compare us to an attorney. An attorney makes about three hundred dollars an hour here in Florida. Right. That's how much mine costs. <laughs> he went to school. He learned the law. Law doesn't change that much. Every every generation is a big change. A nurse has to continually learn because medicine keeps changing. Right. Machines keep changing. Techniques keep changing. So we have to learn constantly. When I was three years into nursing, I got my certification as an emergency room, CES. I had to have years of experience in the ER and master the subject matter. Very similar to a graduate. To a master's. Okay. That's what the average critical care nurse is. She gets paid $30 an hour instead of $3,300 an hour. And I argue society more. Nurses are lawyers. Why is the lawyer so high paid? Yeah, I've wondered that for a very long time, and I'm a divorced father of three. So. <laughs> so misogyny has a lot to do with it. 
because nursing as well as teaching are female-dominated career fields. Okay. Both horribly underpaid. Isn't that a coincidence? But I mean, can it still be considered that with today with uh, just as many males going into nursing and, and, uh, and, and teaching and just as many females going into law? It is getting homogenized. When I, when I went into nursing, right. I was, some hospitals, the only male nurse they had. We were very rare. Everybody also assumed since I was a nurse, I must be gay. Never made that, I never understood that part. But men in nursing is very rare. If nursing was a male-dominated career field, we would have been unionized from 1950. We'd be making I used to work, as I said, seven days a week, 12 hours a day to support my wife and children. Right. I had to work. Add that up. That's 80 hours a week. It's two jobs. Just like my father had to do. My father was an orderly. I have six years of college. Still had to work two jobs, make enough money for my family. Wow. I didn't want to work jobs. I didn't want to work, miss most of my children's early development. Because I was so underpaid, I had to. This is still happening today. I believe it. When the nurses' field started, we promised all our nurses that if you bring your patient here, no one will steal your patient. For the first time in 10 years, they were able to take vacations. Every time I, I would go skiing, two weeks every winter. Okay. Regardless of what was happening. If I was flat broke, I'd find the money to go skiing. Every time I did that, I lost my entire semester. I'd have to come back and start over. That's... I don't, I don't know what point I was making. But that's the truth. I, I was never able to take vacation because someone would steal my patient. That's ridiculous. In the nurses' field, we guarantee that doesn't happen. Our nurses get to go to other more rested and more happy, provide better for them. You get better care for someone who's happy with their life, stressed out, stressed to make ends meet. So we have, the guild has been a force to improve situation now not the profit improve it much more important to me that at the end of my life than I made absolutely well Kevin I could sit here all day and and discuss this with you and I and really I want to and, and of course we have uh, uh, of course coming up Friday you're going to come back and like I said uh, numerous times before we're going to be discussing the veterans affairs. absolutely 
but real quick, uh, I just want to let everybody know with the Nurses Guild, if you have any questions or concerns, or you'd like to, especially if you're in the Florida area, and you'd like to, uh, to see what it takes to, to, to have a home care specialist from the Nurses Guild come to your home, please refer to the uh, description sections down below. You will find not only the uh, website, but also the uh, the phone numbers to both the Palm Beach and the, uh, I always forget the other the other location, but both phone numbers will get you in contact with the Nurses Guild. Palm Beach County. Palm Beach County. All right, and uh, I wanna thank Kevin very much for coming on. I, I thoroughly enjoy, you, you've definitely given me an eye opener on, on some things that I may have been misinformed about, uh, just in healthcare in general. Um, and and uh, teaches me I gotta do more homework. Especially since I'm getting up there in years as well, um, but also I want to thank you very much for not only your service in the military but your service to everybody who needs it within the Nurses Guild. I, I can't applaud you enough for that, sir. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that very much, and I'm good talking. Absolutely, and guys, I will catch you on the next breaking the fourth wall. Have a good night.